Welcome in everybody, 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for Monday, June the 5th, 2017. I'm Jake Marsing, the Managing Editor and Denver Bronco Beat Writer at 5280sportsnetwork.com. No Ryan Green on the pod again today. Ryan is on a European vacation, jet-setting from country to country, trying to avoid capturing various diseases everywhere he goes. We will have to do a test when he gets back to make sure I let him back in my car so that we can continue recording this podcast from the parking lot of the UC Health Training Center, which is where I am uh, today, where I am right now, because boy, oh boy, do we have lots of stuff to talk about when it comes to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos kicked off week three of their OTA period, these voluntary OTAs, here in late May, early June. Lots of stuff coming from it. Uh, Here in a little bit, we'll talk about... Uh, Will Parks, his situation, what he had to say, the Broncos put Will Parks up in front of the media following both his Snapchat scandal where he leaked practice footage and the news coming out late Friday that at the end of March, Parks was arrested on a domestic violence, uh, on a uh, domestic violence misdemeanor. Uh, Parks addressing both of those situations. Today, we will hear from him a little bit. Uh, we'll also dive in near the end into Vaughn Miller. Uh, Vaughn Miller not out here at practice. I've got a little bit of a take on that. So we'll talk about that here at the end of the uh, of the quick pod. But we got to start with the headline news. Holy mackerel. So we have not been able to watch as media uh, many of these practices. This is the third one that we've been able to watch. We've done one at the beginning of the week, each of these OTA weeks. Uh, the third practice we've seen, and it was by far the one that I thought we got the most out of as media, because holy cow, folks, Paxton Lynch, the story of the day today, he comes out and absolutely looks as good as I have seen him in any practice environment in his still very young NFL career. I've got a write-up on this at 5280sportsnetwork.com right now. Go check it out if you're not already looking at it. And it breaks down a little bit specifically what I thought along with some tweets that I put out there because it was very impressive to watch. And it started for Paxton in 7-on-7, in a 7-on-7 drill and then in the the move-the-ball drill. The the move-the-ball drill is where he really took off. So move-the-ball is basically a dry run. Some people call it two-minute. Talking to Brandon Stokely, Stokely called it move-the-ball. So that's what I'm going to call it. Essentially, they're doing a quick hurry-up kind of offense. They're throwing the ball a lot. They're throwing towards the sideline. They're doing a lot of that kind of thing, and they're trying to move the ball down the field as quickly as they can. It it, it relates to the two-minute drill pretty well. Uh, Paxton Lynch looked as good in that drill as I have seen him look in his entire NFL career. I tweeted that it reminded me of what he was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that little more than a half that he played in spot duty for Trevor Simeon when the Broncos coaching staff essentially said, hey kid, just go out there and do what you do. And as we've talked about, he balled in that half. He was tremendous in that half. That's the player, pretty similar to the player that I saw today. The first thing that struck me was early on in the drill, Paxton was using his eyes really well. You could see it. He was making changes at the line of scrimmage. He was working out of the gun. It almost looked a little bit like Peyton Manning. And then he'd take the snap, set up, and I actually saw him make proper progressions where he's going here to here to here, and then he takes the easy throw in the check down, which is smart. I mean, you don't love to see it every single time 
in OTAs, but it's exactly what you want to see out of a guy who has struggled to handle the easy stuff in the NFL, who has struggled to handle the short to intermediate range throws that really make up the bulk of NFL offenses. He handled it on this drill big time. He le- he led the Broncos' first team offense against that dominant first team defense all the way down the field capping it off with a touchdown throw to Demarius Thomas where he splits two defenders, drops it in the bucket, DT finishes it off, and then Paxton runs over, high fives him, they bump hips, they, they start celebrating. That, for me, folks, was perhaps a turning moment in this ongoing quarterback competition between Lynch and Simeon because that was the first time that I'd ever seen for a sustained series Paxton and Lynch do the things that you look to do Uh, out of a pro quarterback, and Vance Joseph said as much. Vance Joseph said it would be fair to call today Paxton Lynch's best day as a pro. Uh, Not not, not as a pro, but at least in these OTAs. It's unfair for him to say that. But I would call it probably his, his, maybe his first or second best day as a pro, at least from what we've seen. Now, VJ kind of made the comment, it's important to note, that as media, there's only one person in the kind of Broncos media contingent who's been able to watch all of these practices, and that's Andrew Mason. Mason's been able to see just about everything out of these OTAs. Uh, Most of us have not. We've gotten to see three days of these practices, and today was by far the best day that Paxton has looked. And on the flip side of that, it was probably also the worst day that Trevor Simeon uh, has looked. He, He did not look good today. It was almost strange how inaccurate he was at times. He had one throw... That he was trying to, it was he was on, it was dropping back. He's trying to throw to the left side. Looked like it was a, it was in the red zone drill, and he was trying to throw to the left side of the end zone, and he, he overthrew it really bad, and it hit a cone like in the far back corner of the end zone, like it was so off target, and that was just one of those kind of striking visual moments seeing that ball hit that cone where you go, whoa, this guy is not exactly having the kind of day that he'd look to have. So that was interesting to watch, because of all the criticism that I've leveled at Trevor Simeon and and laid at his feet, much of it justified, most of it justified, I would say. I've gone overboard in a couple of cases, but I think most of it's been justified. I've always said that that guy is going to be fully capable of handling the short stuff, of taking the check down, of being safe, of being mostly efficient, uh... And he wasn't today. He was wildly inaccurate at times. Now, did he have his moments? He absolutely did. He had a great throw to Jeff Hireman, keeps his eyes down the field, uh, hits Hireman for a, tight, uh, for a touchdown down the seam. That was a good throw. But today was Paxton Lynch's day. Not only did he hit Demarius Thomas on that throw, in a later drill, he hit DT on an absolute drop in the bucket dime touchdown deep down the field where he just showed off all those great physical gifts that we've talked about. Now, were there bad moments as well? There absolutely were. Right after that first touchdown and that move the ball drill, he comes down, he has a couple really, really rough throws uh, against uh, against uh, the first team defense in, a, in the red zone drill. At one point, he, he's trying to rely on his mobility too much. The clock's not going off in his head the way he should. He probably would have taken sacks on those plays, as we talk about a lot in these kinds of drills, where we say, yeah, that's probably a sack, that's probably a sack, that's probably a sack. But at one point, he rolled far to his right, used that mobility to get out of the pocket, which is never necessarily a bad thing, and then he just hucks just a 
freaking duck, a prayer, all the way across his body, which you never want to do in the NFL, and it hits his receiver. I think it might have been Marlon Brown, maybe. Uh, hits him in the hands, uh, but it it absolutely was not, like, yeah, it hit him in the hands, but th- that ball should never have been thrown. It was a mistake to throw it. He He does this thing where he gets super confident, and then he maybe gets a little bit too confident, and he starts making those kinds of mistakes. And then the very next play, he comes back, throws a wobbling duck out of the back of the end zone on an overthrow. So that uh, that was kind of the the, the the balance, the the dichotomy between Paxton Lynch's performance today. And, and there were ups and downs and ebbs and flows. But for the most part, the, the most part, the takeaway for today has to be that Paxton Lynch outplayed Trevor Simeon. You cannot say anything else except for that, because that's simply what happened out here. Trevor Simeon was inconsistent to even bad at times, even very bad in a couple of moments. And Paxton Lynch, while he certainly wasn't perfect the entire practice, uh, he was excellent. He was very, very good. He looked like a first-round draft pick, and at times today, Trevor Simeon looked like a seventh-round pick out of Northwestern. That's the takeaway from today. Now, it's important to remember, it's OTAs. It's June 5th. They're not even going to start training camp for another month and a half. There is plenty of time in this quarterback competition, which is why I think Vance Joseph was a little bit reluctant to heap credit on Paxton Lynch today. He's very careful about his word choice, which I thought was interesting. He talked about the entire offense having a good day, not just Paxton Lynch having a good day. I want to play quite a bit of of VJ's kind of exchanges with the media over this. Listen to just how careful he is about his word choice when it comes to the former first-round pick. It is OTA, so that mm-hmm. context. But what did you think of Paxton today? You know, obviously a couple of beautiful long throws. Absolutely. What did you see from Paxton? I thought the entire offense, you know, looked you know really good today. They had a slow day on Thursday. Had a great day last Wednesday, average Thursday, but they bounced back today. You know, and we talked about this morning. How do you bounce back from bad plays? You know, even adversity. They're having a bad game, so they man, they came back today and made some big plays, especially in the two-minute period. That's a game-winning touchdown. You know, and we found a way to get. Get the ball in our hands of our playmakers, 88, 10. You know, those guys made big plays today. Well, we saw us media. Yes. It looked like Paxton had his best day today. Well, he had a great day. I mean, you've seen how many days? Three? Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen, I've seen what, now seven? Yeah. So, it was, it was a good day, you know, for the entire offense. And he made some nice throws. Um, that's fair. Yes. Yes, it's fair. He had a great day. Again, Vance Joseph, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, saying over and over again what a good day it was for the Broncos' offense. And it absolutely was. It was a good day for the offense. That's not to say the defense didn't have their moments as well. Uh, Adam Gotsis had a couple really nice plays today. That, that's a guy who's continued to come on through these OTAs. He's been impressive. Uh, he swats a ball down from Trevor Simeon. They, uh, Paxton Lynch, by the way, did throw an interception to Justin Simmons uh, I think in in a red zone drill, if I remember correctly, uh, that was something that that was a positive for the defense. So look, it was not all sunshine and roses out here for Paxton Lynch, but it was striking to see him command the offense in that drill, move a ball down the field, and then again to show off that physical skill that we've talked about. 
And it's clear to me that this is a guy who's starting to put it together. It's been clear to me since we first got here, since we first heard from him at the podium, when he had this different energy about him, a more confident energy. He is confident right now. He played exceptionally well today. He practiced well today. Uh, if he does this, and I wrote this in the piece at 5280sportsnetwork.com, if he continues to practice this way through OTAs, through minicamp next week, into training camp, and if he can practice like he did today in training camp and then perform well in those preseason games, if he does what he did today, just today, he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos and it will not be a question. But that is a massive, massive, massive if. Because this is a guy who, for all his greatness, for all the things that I think are great about him, he has certainly lacked consistency throughout his now little over a year-long NFL career. So that's kind of the headline story from the quarterbacks today. But it's not the only story that the Denver Broncos have to focus on, that Broncos fans should focus on. Of course, last week the big story out here was Will Parks. The uh, safety drafted late in uh, last year's NFL draft uh, gets into a little bit of trouble early in the week. A little bit. More like a lot of trouble early in the week by posting uh, a couple of plays from his, what looked like his his tablet. Uh, He's posting a couple of plays on Snapchat that Featured him, looked like he was playing well, but of course, your eye is drawn to Paxton Lynch, who uh, did not play well on those two plays that Will Parks tweeted out. And because, and I don't necessarily blame fans for this, but because there's so little video that exists, there's no video, essentially, in the public domain that exists of what these practices are actually looking like and how things are actually going out here, fans latched onto that. And it, it, it gave concern for fans, and it was certainly something that the Broncos wanted to nip in the bud as early as they can. Vance Joseph said it was addressed within the team. He said that uh, it was being handled, that everything had been taken care of, but that he didn't punish Will Parks. I thought that was interesting, that, that the head coach decided not to punish Will Parks. I think the team didn't think it was nearly as big a deal as perhaps the media did. Uh, Derek Wolf today talked a little bit about fake news and how he thinks we're all we're all a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, pot stirs. So that was certainly you know that's certainly one take on it. I would argue that it was probably not probably definitely a mistake for Will Parks to do that. He said as much. He said he's going to stay off of it more often than not now. That he's going to try and be very careful about how he uses Snapchat, how he uses social media. But the other story that came out late last week that we didn't have a chance to address on the Broncos Blitz podcast was Will Parks' arrest. He was arrested at the end of March for a misdemeanor domestic violence charge, threatened to beat up a woman, uh, certainly very, uh, allegedly threatened to beat up a woman, certainly very um, troubling allegations that are going to be handled in court and that are going through the legal process right now. The Broncos knew about this for, what, two months now? And I find it puzzling that it's just coming out now. But, you know, we'll, I'll keep my ear to the ground and see kind of what how that develops, certainly. But it raises the question, and Darren McKee with 104.3 The Fan raised it 
right out of the gate with the Will Parks press conference and with the Vance Joseph press conference. He said, why does this guy on the team, if he's a late-round safety who uh, keeps getting in trouble like this, who has as much trouble as Will Parks had in one week? And the simple reality of it is that the kid can play, and they think he can play. And in the NFL, as we've talked about over and over again, your talent and your ability to succeed on the field is going to give you a long, 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 long leash. Will Parks can play. He showed that at times last season. Of course, he won that New Orleans game, essentially, on that return that he had on, on the, blocked, uh, the blocked kick. That, for him, is a moment that he'll remember, and it's one that shows off exactly what kind of a player and what kind of a talent the Broncos think they may have. And with a still precarious situation with T.J. Ward's contract, where we don't know if T.J. is going to get a new contract, the Broncos, I think, in a perfect world, would maybe like to move on to a cheaper guy, like to go to a Justin Simmons, like to go to a Will Parks to play T.J.'s role. But if he's not going to show the kind of mental and emotional maturity that you need out of a starter, it's going to be very difficult for the Broncos to make that decision and move him into that starting role. I want to go ahead and listen to a little bit of what Will Parks had to say about his arrest and about the uh, situation that he's going through right now on the domestic violence front. Uh, that's, that's up to the league. Uh, you know, the facts will come out, uh, you know, when I, when I deal with the legal process, but that's what the legal process, you know, how many other court things I got to do, I'm going to do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's up to, uh, you know, the police out here in Adams County uh, to figure out what's going on. Are you worried about suspension or what is that? Uh, I'm focused right now. I'm not worried about anything going on. That's the, the view of cop. They handle that. I'm a football player. I play for the Broncos. I got to worry about my team and what's going on with myself. So as long as I do that, uh, everything should be fine. Will, it seems like in regards to the Snapchat incident, your teammates had your back and, and were oh, kind of yeah. like, this is really nothing. How good does that feel? I mean, like I said, I mean, they knew the intentions of it. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't no intentions, to be honest. But uh, you know, they they knew what it was. We were laughing about it, you know. But you know, it created a little bit of turmoil. But you know, we just laughed about it. It wasn't anything like that. Coaches tend to make a big deal about no negative headlines. You had a kind of bunch last week. How do you kind of make up for that? Are you worried about what people think of you? Your no, I'm not worried about what people think of me. But I can tell you one thing: uh, everything that's going on right now is. Uh, you know, I'm not glad that it's happening, but I'm uh, I'm kind of, you know, leaning towards that it happened at this time, not during the season, you know, not during where, you know, it's bigger than what it is. Now it's in the off season. Um, it's able to get handled easier. But at the end of the day, I learn from my mistakes, uh, learn from, you know, how I, you know, how I can handle things, how I do things, how I, you know, talk to certain people, do certain things. So uh, Snapchat, of course, uh, you know, that that's just all the lesson learned for me. Okay, thank you, Will. Appreciate it. You know, I think if he had to do it again, he would say something a little different than, oh, you know, I'm glad it's happening now and not during the season. That That's, why, why don't you just be glad, it, be, hope that it uh, hadn't happened at all? That's, that's probably the better approach. But uh, Will Parks, remorseful, certainly, uh, a little bit, not confrontational, but determined to, to show that you know, the facts are going to come out in that case, as he says, and we'll see. We'll see how things wind up. It may turn out to be absolutely nothing, but uh, that, on top of the Snapchat situation last week, I think gives a lot of fans a very sour taste in their mouths when it comes to the Broncos' young, very uh, energetic, sometimes a little bit too talkative uh, safety. Speaking of Snapchat, 
at 422 this morning, one outside linebacker by the name of Vaughn Miller happened to make a post on that social media site uh, at 422 this morning from what was clearly uh, the Bay Area, clearly uh, Oakland area, California. Of course, Vaughn last night spotted at Game 2 of the NBA Finals between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, He was there, sitting courtside, on TV, right in the shot. And I'm watching this game going, excuse me, going, God, how it must be nice to be able to go to California one night and then be back at practice the next day. Oh, that's that's some kind of life. And then turns out, no, no, Vaughn, Vaughn, not at practice today. Still out in uh, still out in California. Expected back tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to lie. If I were a fan, it would bug me a little bit that a guy that you're paying that kind of money chooses to sit out of a workout and a, and a full practice, really, uh, in order to go watch Game 2 of the NBA Finals. That just rubs me the wrong way. I think in any profession, you want your best guy, whether it's your best salesman, your best pilot, your best driver, your best cook, your best delivery man, whatever. You want your best guy to be an example to everybody else on your football team or in your organization, in this case, football team. I don't necessarily think Vaughn sets a great example when he makes the decision to skip out on a workout in order to go to California. Now, I don't know whether there were additional circumstances to that. I could hit up, I may hit up his agent later today, see exactly what the story was on that. My guess is that Vaughn wanted to go watch Game 2 of the NBA Finals, and these are voluntary workouts. He is more than entitled to do that. But if you want Vaughn Miller, and as we've talked about on this show over and over again, If you want Von Miller to eventually take the place of DeMarcus Ware in terms of a guy who can be a leader in the locker room, that is not a good look for Von Miller. It's not necessarily out of character for Von in that it's not bad, it's not, you know, it's not some terrible thing, but you want your best players to be there, to set an example for the rest of the building. And the fact that he wasn't there bugs me just a little bit. Now, I think this is a perception that I have. I talked to a couple other former players out there, mentioned Brandon Stokely, who didn't seem to be nearly as bothered by it. Perhaps it's because I come from a different background. I come from a working background, where if you don't show up to work, you better have a darn good reason why you didn't show up to work. And I just don't know if, hey, I'm going to go watch Game 2 of the Finals and spend you know Sunday and Monday, spend Sunday night out and spend Monday kind of recovering and making my way back is exactly, you know, the best reason to skip out on a workout. But that's just my opinion. Give me a a message on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter, at Jake DeMarsing. I'd love to know if you agree with me on that, if the fact that Vaughn was not out here today bothers you at all, if you think it's not a big deal. I don't think it's a huge deal. It's just something that, if I were a diehard fan of this team, it would grind my gears a little bit, I think. I think it would bug me. So, if you are a diehard Denver Broncos fan, first of all, be sure you're subscribing to the Broncos Blitz podcast on iTunes. Just search it on iTunes. Check out while you're on, uh, while you're hang- hanging out on iTunes in the Apple Store, and I think in Google Play now, too, or in the Android Store, wherever you get your apps, uh, the 5280 Sports Network app. You can carry all of, all of our podcasts with you 
all day long. Check out all the great content that we've got going up on online in terms of audio. And be sh- and you can listen to Nate Lundy and Sean Drotar's morning show every morning from 7 to 9 through the 5280 Sports Network app. Please do go get that. Speaking of Von Miller and guys who weren't out here, a couple more guys continue to rehab. Uh, Khalif Raymond, uh, he worked out a little bit early, did some of the warm-up drills, ran some routes, but his hand is to the point where he cannot catch right now. Uh, so he's taking it very easy on that hand. I'm keeping an eye on Khalif to see what decision they make there when they decide to let him go. If they decide to let him go, we will see there. Jake Butt, the uh, Broncos' new rookie tight end, continues to work out off to the side with the straining staff. He is a ways away still from being ready to go. Chad Kelly, uh, Chad Kelly, the Broncos' presumed third quarterback, is going to get his cast off. In fact, I think he got it off a little bit earlier today. He was out there at the beginning of practice, had the black cast on his right wrist. Uh, he, I believe, has had that taken off now, so he should be good to begin that rehab process. It's going to be a super slow process for him, but they think he should be ready to start throwing during training camp. Uh, Kyle Sloter, that means, is likely going to be out of a gig before too long. A couple other notes and tidbits for the Broncos. Jamal Charles spoke to the media today. I was there. Not necessarily a ton from Jamal, but I think it's important to recognize where he fits in the equation. We've talked about him being a third down specialty, a guy who can add a little bit of juice to the offense. Jamal Charles, I think, may in the back of his mind believe he's got a chance to be kind of more of an every down contributor for the Broncos. And that's what you want. That's what you want it to be. He said he's making the adjustment slowly, but that it's been a little bit tricky at times. He almost broke the huddle with a 1-2-3 Chiefs at one point. That's certainly not what you want. He did say, however, how thrilled he is to be a Denver Bronco, how much he looks up to John Elway, how he's looked up to John Elway since he was a little kid, how he always wanted to be a Denver Bronco, Jamal said, and uh, maybe taking a little bit of a dig at uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think there's still a lot of pent-up energy, pent-up, not anger necessarily, but that's a guy who wants to prove he's still got some some wheels. So we'll, and only time will tell. He, he's working out very slowly, working his way back. He's cutting a little bit. He's still not participating in team drills, but we'll see how he comes along here as things progress. All right, I think that will do it for me out here in the increasingly warming parking lot of the UC Health Training Center. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at 5280sportsnet. Follow our new Nuggets guy, Jeff Morton, the King of Thornton, on Twitter, at King of Thornton, follow Nate Lundy at Nate Lundy, follow uh, Sean Drotar at S. Drotar our entire team can be found by the way, when you download the 5280 Sports Network app check out everything there Uh, be sure to get that downloaded, check out the site we've got all sorts of content going up and of course be sure to follow my partner Ryan Green, despite the fact that he is not here he is uh, probably doing something very very illicit on an airplane right now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't keep track of the guy. Not my job. Give him a follow on Twitter at rgreen5280. I, of course, am always available at Jake D. Marsing. Check me out there. That's M-A-R-S as in Sam. I-N-G. I will be back next year, uh, tomorrow, 
excuse me, tomorrow when the Broncos continue these OTA practices. Practice will be closed to the media tomorrow through Thursday. It will reopen next week for every single day of these practices as the Broncos begin mini camp. Oh boy, can you smell it? We're starting to throw that camp word around. It's coming. It's coming, Broncos fans. And 5280 Sports Network is the place to be to follow it. So give me a follow on Twitter at Jake D. Marsing. I'll be back tomorrow. For now and for everybody at 5280sportsnetwork.com, this is the Broncos Blitz.